Blog Talk Radio. Talk about it, so that's good. That'll work. That'll work. <laughs> um, so today, you're going to be on your best behavior because we have a guest. Oh, you really got jokes. One, I know the yeah, guest. I, two, I know the guest. I'm like, two, I know yeah. the guest intimately. Um, three, you really got to be kidding me with this bullshit, right? Right, you know, I have to, that's like my disclaimer. I have to say it so that I can say that I said it because I already know who I'm dealing with. So I just have to say that I said it. And it's on file. Well, um, I know, I know how things are going to go. You said what you said. You might as well go ahead and put the explicit tag on because it's going to be fun tonight. I can tell you that now. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I figured you'd say that. I figured you'd say that. And, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and so since we know already that that was just me doing a disclaimer, um, we're going to definitely jump right on in along with um, our guest, of course. I've kind of stirred the pot a little bit on Facebook. So while um, we talk with our guest about, about the uh, her debut novel, we also have a little uh, topic that's going to flow alongside this whole conversation. Um, not directly connected, but definitely kind of connected to the whole plot of the novel. So um, I don't want to leave our guests on hold too much longer, and I'm going to let you do um, a little bit of this part because you have such a connection to this novel. So free to just take it over if that's what you want to do. But um, with no further ado, I'm going to go ahead and bring Leanne B. Wright on. How are you this evening? Great, great. Thanks for having me. It's so nice of you to join us. 
I'm excited. I'm excited to be on with you guys. How are you guys doing tonight? I can't complain at all. I'm I'm pretty much enjoying myself at this point in time. Yeah, we don't we don't usually complain too much over here, so I think we're doing well. I think we're good. Um, and it's going to get to be even more fun in just a little bit. Always that. Always that. But what we like to do kind of is we like to start off with some logical general information, get to know about the project, talk to you about how it all became what it became, and then all bets are off. <laughs> you got <laughs> I don't know if I should be nervous or not. I don't know if I should be nervous. Come on, uh, Chip. You, you should know that. If you hang out with Andrew <laughs> and Shakira, you have nothing to worry about. Be afraid. You forget who you're dealing with. Okay, I'm, I'm putting on my I'm putting on my vest. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah, please do, please do, because yeah. Shit, what? See, first the first thing is. You know, that 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 one over there didn't want to tell me that you were on tonight until <laughs> early on the Because I knew I was like, she's going to be ready. If I give him time to get ready, shoot, I might go hang it up. <laughs> I need him to have to do impromptu flow because his impromptu flow is still pretty rough. But prepared stuff, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. <laughs> mm-hmm. It don't matter. She, you see, she still screwed up because she forgets. She, she's forgotten how deep the connection to what we have right now, how far that goes. But yeah. I didn't forget. <laughs> I just, I just figured if I don't talk about it, she won't hold me accountable to any standards. I'll protect yourself mm-hmm. here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> self-preservation. Yeah, yeah. that 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 doesn't go well. And, and I live in that state when I deal with my family on the wind down show because they mistreat me all the time. So yeah, I really have absolutely I have no say in anything that happens here. I just show up, sign the checks, and go yeah. home. That's what I do. Yeah, yeah. She just shows up. She shows up with gun in hand, ready to shoot herself in the foot at any given moment. So yeah, we just let that ride. <laughs> But, you know, the fact that you keep showing up, that just shows you have a lot of faith in your family. So it's cool. Because they got, they got the show. They don't, they might not well, have me. They might throw me under a couple of tires. But as far as the show, they going to do what they do. Yeah, it's that. Yeah, it's that. And she's glad to punish me, too. So, you know, we just it just is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Leanne, what, the first thing I want you to go ahead and do for our listeners uh, is I want you to kind of give us a little bit of information about your wonderful novel. Kind of get everybody so, make everybody run and pick it up. Um, tell them what you want them to know. Well, Virtuous Deception is, of course, as you said earlier, it's my debut novel. And I personally feel, of course, I feel like it's a great read. It really it has everything you want in a novel, it has a little bit of mystery, has love, lust, deceit, you know, betrayal, it has, it really delves into the family and our concept of family and just as you stated, 
earlier, you know, how with your wind-down family, you kind of have to feel like you've got to protect yourself, and that's kind of what they have to do in the novel. When they figure out mm-hmm. what kind of families they're in, you have to, they have to go into self-preservation mode and protect themselves. Okay, okay. Hmm. Okay, so I, I was looking at some of the information about the plot, because we're talking about money, and we're talking mm-hmm. about requirements in order to receive that Give us a little bit about it. Because I have a question I post on Facebook. I'm getting some reactions, though. Well, with the money, the characters, they don't really have a problem. They have plenty of money. They have money in excess. And that really ends up being an Achilles him, an Achilles heel for them because, you know, when you don't have money, your focus is getting it, and then when you have it, you got to keep it. Mm-hmm. And it's about that line: how far do you go to get it? You know how how much do you sacrifice? How much of yourself did you give up before? And you're like, was, you know what? It's not worth it. That was a little bit of why I picked that song to start off. Oh, because you know it's always some kind of secret or some kind of a, a twist to anything that um, you get that doesn't have to require, you know, too much work, you know. So I thought, hmm, when I read the um, information on Amazon, I was like, hey, that makes me think kind of like where is the deceit here. So I think that's pretty um, interesting, a storyline. You know, it sounds common, but not, it, it didn't have a twist always. Yeah. Mhm. And I, I wanted to because I think we hear a lot of stories about people sacrificing things, you know, in order to get to the top, but not as much for people who are kind of at the top, what they have to do to mm-hmm. stay there. So I thought it'd be interesting okay. to explore that. Yep. And that, and like you said, that's not a story that's like. Um, inundating the the industry. It's not like everybody, you know, does that. So that's true. I agree. So talk to us a little bit about the journey because it's really interesting. It has. It has. I um I've always loved writing, and I've always toyed with the notion of writing a book, but I just didn't and. I think I needed I needed the kick. And when I met in Tice last year at the at Telesoma at the book fair, it was just seemed faded. You know, we just we clicked and she really it really was as her. She really encouraged me to just do it. And mm-hmm. I had uh gave her some samples of my writing and once she made the offer to me for a book deal, I couldn't, at that point, I couldn't walk away from it. It was like there was nothing I could do. You know, you don't wipe, you don't just turn your back on an opportunity like that. So I just pushed mm-hmm. my, any reservations I had to the side and, you know, like, you know what, just go for it. And it's been mm-hmm. a complete yeah. dream. She's amazing. She's been amazing. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I want I want people to hear what you said. A year ago, you said you wanted to do this, and then here we are this year later, and it's almost 
exactly a year because Philosoma usually happens mm-hmm. in the end of August. So here we are yeah. beginning of September, and you have this book in your hand. So um, insight is wonderful, but please give yourself some credit for the amount of time. You know, you didn't waste too much time sitting on the fence with it. <laughs> and, you know, you had an idea, you got that encouragement, but to write a full novel in the amount of time, but how long did it, how, how much work and time do you think you took in, in putting together your novel? Our, our three months is literally, I, tur- I wrote it in three months, and it's just, I felt it, it felt right. It was It almost felt cosmic, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. I think you have those moments in your life where, you you know this is a door I have to walk through, and I just had to I had to do it. There was nothing, I I had you know a, I had just had a little girl and she was a baby. She was like eight, six, seven months, and so she was up with me. <laughs> I sacrificed sleep. I had a full time job. I sacrificed a lot to get it done, but I knew in my spirit that it was necessary. And so I just pushed it to get it done. And you're absolutely right. You know, last year I was at Telesoma as, you know, just an admirer and, you know, having a love for literature and wanting to be, just be there. And then this, you know, this past August I was there as an author. And it was definitely an amazing feeling. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and I'm just, you know, kind of in awe. And how your dedication um, to to something you want, you know, that's how dedicated you are to something that you want. You put the work in. It's an amazing story, you know, for any aspiring author who is sitting on the fence, um, just to Thank get it done. You. And then look at the, the 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 circle it put you in. I guess is what I'm looking at. I mean. Insights is a great person to be encouraged by, mentored by, and then <laughs> somebody else is not too shabby either to be associated <laughs> with. So you know, right? you got two, you got two pretty good people, and I hate to sound clickish, but like on your team. I mean, but it's true. So, I, I I feel very fortunate. I mean. Uh, I, I really, it's still, I'm still, you know, every day I wake up, you know, it's like I get to live my dream every day mm-hmm. and just to let it soak in all over again. And I just, I can't, it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. When I replay it in my mind, you know, it seems it seems like it should be a work of fiction because it was that surreal even as it was happening. So I was just like, oh. Goodness, when I when I I didn't know when I found out that Shakira would be editing it, I was so nervous. Mm-hmm. I was nervous I don't know why. because I'm, I'm such a fan. I'm such a fan. Yes, my, my I'm sorry, my child is. She wants to say hi to everybody. Yes, of course. I, I kind of figured it was. I don't know. Be careful. Shakira has an effect on women, you know. <laughs> be careful. Don't let it too close to the phone. It's not like she has not heard my voice before, so stop playing. <laughs> 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 but, 
So, but I was um, so I was so excited about it. I was nervous, and I I, but I I mean, but I was I was just pumped. You know, I'm pumped. He's a. I feel like, you know, that with their credentials, that it was definitely I could trust them. Mm-hmm. I could trust them with my baby. Yeah, I couldn't think anybody better, uh, a team better, you know? Yeah. Well, trust trust you, you and pretty, looking at you from both here. sides. I wasn't with you. You know, they yeah. understand the business from, from both sides, so that, that helps, too. <laughs> it does. It does. It does. It's been it's been a, a thrill ride. It's been a definitely a learning experience for me. I've learned a lot because I didn't know anything before. <laughs> I didn't know anything, and yeah. to be at this point, I I know so much more than I did. Just about I didn't know all the behind the scenes work that it took to get it ready. You know, when mm-hmm. I first you know, wrote it and I sent it in. I was off work. I was like, man, I wrote it. It's done. Then I got that first edit back and I was like, oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, let's do something now. Let's do this again. Yeah. Yes, we are. It was wonderful. Just fix all of this right here. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I was like, okay, that's all right. All right. But it was, I knew it was a necessary pain. Mm-hmm. And the process, as tedious as it felt, I'm grateful for it because I really feel like it helped me to de- to the de- to grow my skill set more as a writer and just at, overall as a storyteller. Really helped me to expand, and I I think I'm you know the novel's getting great reception, so I feel like it was all worth it. Mhm. Mhm. That nice that's the reward at the end of the fight. That's the reward, so. Okay, uh, so, so give me some, I'm a reader, and I'm cruising, and I'm looking for um, a new writer to embrace. Give me some um, stuff. Give me some stuff about your novel that's going to make me pick yours over someone else. Sell, sell the novels to, because I have readers that are listening, and they will support, and, and I think that's one of the things that I like most about the listeners is that if they like your whatever you say on interviews, you already got to sell. You know, so that's that's and that's cool about them. So um, make them pictures. Give them something that, about the book that they guarantee to enjoy, without of course giving away you know too much information. There's definitely a lot of twists and turns. Um, you know. What you see is not what you get. You may feel a certain way about a character, but something will happen and it will totally and completely change your perception. And that's really what virtual perception is about. It's about challenging the surface of things. I feel like we spend a lot of time on the surface, and we need to delve below and see what motivates this person to do this or that and that's really what it does so for me because I, I love to read also what what why I enjoy the story is for that because it, it pulls you into the characters lives they're very relatable 
and I can see myself in them. I can see, I can see myself as Lisa, given her lifestyle, and you know she was a stripper, and a little bit about her. She had a rough childhood. She ended up running away from home, and so that's just what she was doing to try to survive. And you see her doing that throughout the book, her constantly just trying to survive, trying to stay afloat. And even when it seems like she kind of has it all together, she's still in survival mode. And sometimes that calls her to make some decisions that in the long run, maybe to call her, maybe maybe not. We'll, we'll have to see. But I feel like the characters are relatable. And they'll shock you. They'll shock you. So okay. if you want, if you want a, it's you know it's well written. It's developed. Has a lot of um, good moral themes in it. Like I said earlier, in regards to family and love, and I really feel like the readers will really be able to relate to what they're going through, to the the pain and the heartache and the triumph and, you know, on some levels, you know, there's real fear involved. So I think that it has a lot of human ailments that, that, yeah. And that's important, you know, for for building those relationships with your readers just to feel like your characters are human. That's what makes them connect that click. Once they have that click, it's like perfect, you know. I feel like this will really happen. So the relative, you know, making it relative to a reader, um, the, the world that they live in, or the world that they can even imagine, you know. So when you said that, I know that for some of our listeners, that did it. Oh, they're human, believable characters. Because I know that's something that people often complain about: the unrealistic characters. Um, so when I was looking at, um, you know, the book description. I kind of um, was looking just at the beginning of what it said. It said that there is Frank Mason who um, has this, you know, multi-million dollar inheritance that he has, he wants to uh, collect, but he has to have a wife. And mm-hmm. so in doing that, he finds reason, but he doesn't waste a lot of time, kind of what it says. And, and the whirlwind, I guess, romance and, and getting to the marriage part. So it made me think, you know, um, along with with your novel and just what's going on in the world today um, with the Ray Rice situation, you have people on all sides of that and how they feel on all sides of that. So I, I was just interested in um, what people think, you know, when you talk about, Marrying for money in the terms of, you know, it being more than just I'm in love, let's get married. But the purpose of us getting married means that somehow it's going to financially be in our benefit. So that's why I call marrying for money. Um, Are there any traditional relationship rules? Like, do, do you follow traditional, we fell in love whirlwind romance because we were so emotionally connected and then we got married. Do you follow those same traditional relationship rules when it's a, like a business arrangement or it's understood that you're only with me because of the money? Is that person going to necessarily have the same standards of respect and intimacy 
and all the foundations that come from falling in love and getting married than money and getting married and not necessarily having that love. So are the rules the same? That was my question. So I got some stuff on my Facebook that I thought would be interesting, but I love having a guest and my family, my wind-down family, is so different. So I like to hear their perspectives too, but I was just thinking about your novel and thinking about the relationship with Frank and Lisa where, you know, you have that whole connection not necessarily being the traditional connection, but uh, something more to it. I know there's a financial benefit here. So do I have yeah. to necessarily respect all those different things about the foundation or do we just say, hey, I did this, so I still reap those benefits and, you know, I still can be in this other lifestyle or, you know, is there, is there a set of rules? So I'm, I'm going to let you have the floor with that one. And you can talk from the angle or aspect of your book or just your general, you know, beliefs or whatever, but I'm curious to hear what you would say. Okay. Well, I'll do both from, well, especially with the characters of Frank and Lisa. And I think in life that it's hard to it's hard to negate the the human element. I think just in our humanity that we desire love and commitment and adoration, all those things that come along with a romantic connection, even in a business arrangement, that it's still you still want those things, and it's almost. Even if even if you go into it knowing that this is just business, that when that other person engages romantically with someone else outside of your business arrangement, that you still are on some level you're hurt by that mm-hmm. because you're still fighting through the the social construct of what a marriage is supposed to be, and that's in the back of your mm-hmm. mind, regardless if you decided for you it's going to be something different. And for Frank and Lisa, it is business, but they definitely also have they there is an there is an attraction and there is a romantic connection. So it's even more emotionally volatile with them specifically because even though because that the money part is kind of in the back of their minds, but they did mm-hmm. have an intense romantic attraction but like it is in marriages today a lot of people are married they're marrying based off of that those first few those first few months of infatuation and there's not a whole lot of time spent really getting to know each other really seeing will this really work long term are we really a good you know connection and so they they rushed into it off of, oh, my gosh, you know, she's great, he's great, it'll fit. So it was more like Frank wanted a wife, and, you know, he's like, she's great, she's beautiful, I'm attracted to her, she'll work, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't so much, oh, let me just pick somebody random to marry, but she was she was enough. And mm-hmm. so... For them, like definitely, it 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 when there's no even though there's money involved, there's still a lot of love there, 
And with them specifically, you know, as as it states in the synopsis, Lisa was not, she wasn't faithful to him. And he's aware of that. So I think that also when there's money involved, that there's some, there are concessions that people make. Just like with the Ray Rice situation, we don't. I don't know what Janae was, what was going on in her head or what was going on in Ray's head, but obviously there's some domestic violence happening or at least that we know certainly that occurred, and she made a concession by deciding mm-hmm. to marry him anyway and stay in that relationship. And so I think that we all make concessions, even when there's not a lot of money involved. Maybe it's just any kind of security that we make a concession for that, that we, we gauge, well, where is this on my list of priorities and decide if is this something that we can accept or not. Okay. So, uh, I'm curious to hear a man's perspective on that. Well, I mean, uh, when you're dealing with when you're dealing with matters of convenience, uh, whether it's money, whether it's uh, for certain uh, for certain citizenship status, whatever you want to call it, as far as it is, um, you you you're looking at it as a business arrangement, and you know some things can be unpredictable as they go. Um, you know, when when editing, when I was going through the project with uh, with Leanne, you know, the first thing out of my mouth was, okay, uh, dude's got a certain amount of money, and he's got certain things he's got to do in order to get that thing. So now it's a matter of what's more important to him. And you know, through through his through his desperation, he had to make some decisions that you know were, you know, the the average person would consider reprehensible. But you have to understand mm-hmm. what it's like, what it was, what it was to be in his shoes at that point. You know, he's looking at an inheritance, and in order for him to get that inheritance, he had to be able to come up with something at a period in his life where he really didn't have any prospects, so to speak. So he came up with his own idea of how he could kind of make shift some things until he could figure it out on the back end once he got what he what the ultimate goal was. So. Yeah. It was difficult. It's difficult for anyone on the outside looking in to go, okay, why the fuck did he do that? But then you're on the inside looking out, and you're going, I don't think you understand exactly what I had to go through. Right. Hmm, interesting. And you know what? That's illogical because that's what guys tell us, the logical. So that's the logical end of it. Yeah, because, you know, even in, in the question of it, the questioning of it, I wasn't thinking about the inside looking out. You know, my whole mind frame was still the outside looking in. Like when you see those marriages of convenience, you know, does it even alarm you when people are mistreated or the you don't see that emotional connection? Does anybody even care, you know? The respect isn't there because we all know why. You know, because when you listen, just in society, when you listen to them talk about basketball wives, football wives, whatever, people don't, especially when you talk about infidelity, people don't think that they should care because they say you signed up for that lifestyle. Mm hmm. Yeah, and then turn off my human aspect as a woman, I feel crushed. I'm still, you know, 
Yes, exactly. And I think I think also what happens is once you in, once you're in the relationship, that you can get stuck in what you think your role is, and sometimes it's hard to deviate from that. And even in in especially like since the reality show has become such a big hit, where we are looking at people's relationships. Even I can see that sometimes I feel like even the the male in the relationship, he feels he's stuck in what his perceived role is as a man with that with that with the kind of access that he has. That he's supposed to do this and he's supposed to do that and he's supposed to do this. And there's actually another character, Lewis, in the book, where he kind of feels that way. He feels like some of the things that he does and the decisions that he makes are his right as a man that as long as I do A, B, and C, then you don't have anything you can say to me. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes that that is also the case where we're looking at why these women accepting this behavior, that they're hearing, they're hearing society also tell them, you know, they're hearing both sides. One side saying, you know, you shouldn't accept that, you deserve better. And the other side is be quiet because, you know, it could be worse. You know, he could be, mm-hmm. so what, he's cheating. He could be beating you. You could, you know, you could be living, so da 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 you know, just go shopping and be quiet. And mm-hmm. it's it's so sad, it's sad that we have those kind of standards that we, we're not able to empathize. And I think that oftentimes we're, we're so, we're solely speaking from whatever point of suffering we're at. So if, if, you're if you're if you are in an an emotionally abusive type situation then maybe from you for you is you're telling her well at least he's not doing this and if you're suffering financially then you're like you know at least you at least you have a roof over your head at least you have access to the nicest stuff at least you have a b and c that we're speaking from our own out of our own hurt and it's so it's so unhealthy it is. It's really amazing. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, one of the things that you mentioned a couple of times that I would, I'm sure that you touched on it in your novel is how society feels like it or how society actually dictates um, how we should feel and that there's a struggle on how we actually feel um, mm-hmm. versus, you know, what society says is cool or not cool to feel about a certain situation, especially when it's your personal relationship, you know. It's amazing we call things private or in private. This is our private relationship. But all of the public knowledge, public action, reaction affects how we treat our private relationships. So, um, and you talked about the whole societal pool, and I think that's really interesting how that has to show up in, in our writing and our novels in order for it to be a realistic writing, you know, even when you're talking about the private lives of your characters, that whole societal pool has to show up somewhere because it affects it. It it, it tries to tell us how we feel and should act. Mhm. It does. It does. And something that I'm glad that I was able to do in the novel is really showcase. That that I mean, it really addresses how 
just because things look one way doesn't mean that's how it is. From the outside, Lisa and, and Frank, their lives seem perfect. You know, mm-hmm. they have they have they live a very affluent lifestyle. They have a lot of money. They have a nice house. They have, you know, their daughter went off to college and she graduated. She has her own business. You know, it seems great. Like they did everything right. You would never know the backstory that Lisa was a stripper or that Frank got his money from an inheritance. You know, you wouldn't know any of that. Mm-hmm. And and it never came across. Like it doesn't come across just looking from the outside. Mm-hmm. It never yeah. comes across just looking from the outside. <laughs> and I can see that as that whole societal thing. So. so tell us how you... Um, Come up with this. You've been the strip. Tell us where you get these ideas, Miss <laughs> <Ms>. Ryder. <laughs> no, I haven't been a stripper, but true story. I was approached once to um, be an escort. I, I don't know. Mm. I don't know how that what that was about. I didn't do it, but honestly, I contemplated it because I was a really, really broke college student at the time, and it seemed like a lot of money. It was very tempting. <laughs> and when you're going back to your dorm room and you're trying to count pennies to buy a 10-cent pack of ramen noodles, mm-hmm. anything sounds appealing at that time. Mm-hmm. But I didn't do it, for the record. I didn't do it. But I, could, I, I definitely could understand how someone could be at their wit's end and be like, you know what, I, I need to, I need to, I'm going to die if I don't do something. I have to do something. And mm-hmm. especially for Lisa's for Lisa's character, I do have I do know people that have lived that lifestyle, and mm-hmm. I empathize with them. And you know, I know it has a negative connotation, but they're just people. You know, we're all just mm-hmm. people trying to find trying to find a way to live, trying to find a way to be our best selves. And with Lisa's character. She she had a really hard time growing up, and you know, becoming a stripper that was just a means to an end for her. You know, it mm-hmm. wasn't her dream job, but it was what she did to try and take care of herself, to try and do something with her life. As soon as she got the opportunity to leave that lifestyle, she did, and she didn't look back. And but. Everything that happened to her, from the things that she learned while she was stripping to just what life had taught her in general, it definitely stayed with her as an adult woman. And so we kind of get to see how it manifests itself in the different decisions that she makes and how she interacts in the relationships that she has. Hmm. Okay. So... I guess I, I want to pull Shakira in before we leave us for the evening. What, um, Shakira, what are some things that you think um, maybe me as being too modest and not sharing or as a guy that draw to this story? Or give us a, a male perspective on something that would get, like, someone who's like a Ron to read it. Well, I mean, here's the thing. 
when you, you get a chance, when you get a chance to kind of get a backstory on everybody, and you you really start to get an idea of who you who, who you're introduced to as as the as the tale unfolds. You know, the first thing you get to see is you get to see the twin girls, and you get to see the shock immediately upon you know the type of. Uh, it, I mean, because the the thing that did it for me, and the thing that kind of caught me was, okay, they're they're seeing each other for the first time, they're realizing that they are a spitting image of each other, and you get the immediate shock value. That's what drew me in. From there, it was just a matter of okay, let's let's work with these girls and figure out exactly what the hell just happened, and how did it happen. And what exactly needs to be done to move forward at that point? That's pretty much the hallmark of it's, it's the hallmark of any good mystery, as far as that is. You you have to have that moment, and that moment that she that that where the girls actually got a chance to go. Wait a minute, that was that moment, and it was easy to move forward from that moment to kind of help unravel and then put everything back together as to okay, what the hell just happened. How did all this go down, and where did all this other stuff come from? Mm-hmm. From a from a man's from a man's perspective, having read a lot of mysteries, it's the one thing that we have to have. Mm-hmm. So That's in that regard, time. you know. So yeah. So in that regard, it would be easy for a male to easily for a male reader to get engrossed into the story because you never know what's coming up next. You're still trying to figure out where all of the pieces really fit, and at the end of it all, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> okay. And, and, and Luann knows what I'm talking about because I'm still, I'm still feeling some kind of way about the ending, but I'm not going to say <laughs> why. Oh, that's always fun, too. And it's so funny because I did not, I didn't have, I had no intention on anything like that, but that's what happened. And... <laughs> You know, <laughs> I really didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I was surprised, too. I was know. like, what? I, I mean, I felt like Shakira, and I'm sure how other readers feel when they get to the end, like, what? Yeah. You know, a lot of angst, and I, I didn't know what was going to happen next either, so I was wondering myself. Yeah, when you get, when you get, to, the point, you get to the point where you actually kind of tabbed it, you're just like, okay, you got people emailing you going, why the hell did you end it like that? You've done well. Right. Yes. Okay. To, to add on to what he said, the 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 moment when the twins, you know, I that was a, that was a big moment. It was a big moment, and and that's what I was saying about how things are always they they're not always what they seem to be, because mm-hmm. their their family, you know, their whole concept of family is challenged in that in a moment they have and from that point on they're constantly you know trying to redefine it and just like he said you know putting putting their putting trying to figure out okay so to put it all back together cuz it kind of is blown up and in, into a million little pieces and they have to sit down and put the puzzle back together and see where all the pieces fit mhm Okay. See now it sounds like a game mystery of the week, mini series. 
Yeah, trust me, it was it was wild to say the least. Okay, well, um, I wanted to share a couple of the comments that we got for the question that we posted on Facebook. Um, And D.D. said some of what he thought in the chat room, but um, he had already commented. And actually, I got two guys' perspectives here, so that's the plus. That's something I always get on my questions on Facebook. Um, D.D. first said, you can't marry for money and then expect the other person to be a good person. Chances are they knew as well, and because of it, will continue to do their dirt. So I guess his whole angle is, you know, if you know who you're marrying at the time, that's not going to be the thing that changes their behavior, I guess. Um, and then Marv said, Marvelous said um, that they do have traditional roles because intimacy has to happen for the sake of a marriage contract, for respect, that's kind of tricky. But there must be some kind of respect if both parties understand what they are getting into. Um, right. Yeah, and I mean, because I, I heard Shakira say something about it being um, like a business deal. And in that regard, of course, you know, you have to respect the, the other party, that's the only reason you would make, you know, to deal with them. But I, I often think about um, how we make, how we view our celebrity um, romances, you know, no matter what arena they're celebrities in, whether it's sports, you know, um, acting or whatever, people that are in the spotlight, we always feel like their spouses, especially if they're not of, you know, equal uh, celebrity, we always feel like they are kind of disregarded. We we kind of disregard them as, as um, you know, the, the society. Well, you know, you have those that are equally matched, like, you know, the child couples. It's different somehow. Mm-hmm. I think that's because we Go ahead I think that that's because we (laughs) Well go ahead No I just thought Shakir was talking and then Go ahead Well no Shakir go ahead Shakira, this ain't nothing. What I mean? Oh, oh, okay. Well, I was just gonna say, I think that's because we we do we value we lend a person merit upon what we feel like they have what they have to bring to the table in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And so, when a, especially in a situation with celebrity, and then what we can what we would call you know that person the question mark, their the person they've chosen that we don't know. Instead of assuming that they chose that person, you know, because they are valuable to them, you know, they love and support them, we don't recognize their power in that regard or their worth. But we're like, you know, he should be, for instance, 
let's you know like a not like a like a Will Smith and Jada. You know, we know both of them. We we know they're both actors and they have this certain level of celebrity. But if he were to marry, you know, um Tasha from down the street, we would question it. She could be, you know, if she's not breathtakingly beautiful, then we're like, why are you with her? And we just assume it's not going to last long because she, we're assuming she has nothing to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Instead of instead of assuming, well, he must have chosen her for a reason. She must be someone pretty special. She must have do A, B, and C for him. We just assume it's not going to work. And I think sometimes that pressure from the outside busts up the inside of what could be something special between those people. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, and I'm waiting on Nimbaz to jump in here. She hasn't said much tonight. Let's see, what did she write? Nope. She hasn't said anything in the chat room that, uh, about the question. Nimbaz, what do you feel about the question? Give us a second. It's time to here. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Good, man. I've just been kind of listening. Um, I agree with a lot that you all are saying, so that's why I don't why say anything. But I actually put it on my Facebook page, too. And some people are like, you know, yes, you marry for love, and, you know, if you make money together, it's an awesome thing. Yeah, I've seen situations where, well, even in reading some books, kind of like that, where I see in one book this grandmother putting her wheel that, her three granddaughters have to marry their baby's daddy. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, like, and mind is they're no longer with these guys, so now they have to go back and figure out, why does my grandmother want me to marry these dudes? Like, she tripping. So, and then there was another one where the grandfather passed away and the young lady was a virgin, and he told her, before you're 21, you need to lose your virginity. Wow. So that was another. Wow. And before you could get your inheritance, you you have to lose your virginity. So it's just different things that people would do for money, and Absolutely. you never know. Like you know, I've seen arranged marriages. I've seen so much in this little life of mine that nothing shocks me that people mm-hmm. would say, "Hey, yeah." You know, I got the situation. I need to marry somebody. Hey, you're a pretty cool gal. <laughs> Let's get married. <laughs> and you're like, uh, but you look like the bottom of my shoe. Why would I do that? You know? <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's so much to the whole situation. And for, for Imaj, um, uh, probably not so much. Would I marry somebody for money? Um, I am in love with the thought of love, so I need to be in love because I'm going to look at this forever because those contracts, sometimes you may not fall in love with the person. Prime example, 
Have you all watched that show, Marriage at First Sight? I've heard it about comes it. On. I haven't watched it. I, I've I've heard heard it. I, probably, I haven't said that I, I would actually have watched it. Okay, so when I was in South Carolina, I was in my hotel room, and I was not busy at the point, so it was on TV. So I was like, okay, so watch the crap. <laughs> so these three couples, well, three or four couples, they have to get married on the like, first initial meeting of this person. And... So I'm looking at that like, why in the heck would you want to do some crap like this? And one girl, she was not attracted to her husband until about two weeks into it. She wasn't attracted to that man at all. And hmm. it's only because she saw that he was a sweet man. He was a kind. He may not have been the most nice-looking man, but he was sweet and kind. And she was like, oh, okay, I can warm up for this. But the only African-American couple that was on there, they had sex on the first night. Um, (laughs) They argued three days into it. Like, it's crazy that people would actually do this. And actually, they were one of the couples that actually got a divorce after the, um, I think it was five or six weeks that they had to be married. Well, each other, and they asked, they were actually one of the ones who actually got a divorce and said, hey, I can't do this. I wonder well, how much money they got out of it. Okay. Okay. That's very, that sounds like a very interesting show. Yeah, that might lead to some new books for you, Leanne. You might want to try it out. Watch some of those shows. <laughs> I, might, I might have to. I might have to. Yeah, we, have a, nice. um, we have a call that I know... I know we should take. So, Iman, you have to be quiet now. Okay, I'm going to mute myself. You're going to mute yourself. You running jokes. You don't do that a Hi, lady. Hello. Hello, lady. Hi. Hey, family. You know, I'm used to it saying you are now in the host queue. <laughs> yeah. tell you anything, did it? That's how I do it. You totally tricked me. That's my oh issue. My God. <laughs> how yeah, are you all she'll, doing? She'll, no, she don't be doing all that. You know better than that. <laughs> I don't control the lady that comes from uh, Britain. I don't control her. She comes when she want to come. I'm t- it just totally caught me off guard. I'm like, wait a minute, am I on? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just calling to say hello to the family and then to also let um, my author, Leanne, know that I am here. I'm supporting you. I'm listening <laughs> in. You guys sound like you're having fun tonight discussing this virtuous deception, 340 pages of virtuous deception, I might add. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's a literary beast. Now, see, that's how you get hype about your book. You bring on people like anti-hype. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah, you don't just get a teaser, baby. You, You get full... 340 pages, full-fledged deception, all the way and through. Okay. Hmm. So 
So when you when you first started, you know, reading through it, it's like, what were you thinking? Because, I mean, she put this down for you in, like, three months. <sighs> three months, yeah, yeah. I recognize her gift, I believe, way before she did. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. knew that she wanted to be an author. She was already a writer, so she already had that credit. But I saw her already as an author before she saw herself as an author. Just in speaking with her, I knew that she that she should be writing a book. Mm-hmm. I knew that she should have already been doing this. You know how sometimes it's just, you you know, certain people that just have an aura about them, and in conversation, you know, you're like, I can see you doing that. I can definitely see you doing that. I already Uh saw that in Leanne. Her ambition was there. She was motivated. She was self-motivated. She just needed a little bit of push. She needed a little bit of guidance. And uh, and I'm happy to to have been the one to walk this journey with her. I'm happy you're the one, too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm just putting it out there. I'm just putting it out there. Okay, I'm just putting it out there. I tell her all the time, I'm like, you know, it was it was just meant to be. It was it was meant to be. There were so many other publishers there that day, so many other authors that she could have, you know, tangled herself with and um, you know, went on to produce works with them. But um but it was just something about um us that it was an immediate connection and I think that I took her serious when she mm-hmm. said that this was something she had always wanted to do, I heard her. And I, yes. took, I took her serious. But I she made me to know prove it. She took, <laughs> exactly. I needed to know if she took herself serious. You know, I offered her a deal before she had completed the book, before I knew if she was capable of writing a full-length novel. And she mm-hmm. blew it out the park. That's why I say it's a beast. It's a literary beast. I believe it almost hits around almost 90,000 word count. So coming into the industry and not knowing anything about it, not knowing, you know, what it all entails as it pertains to completing a novel, um, you know, all of the mechanics, she was able to deliver. And she, and I mean, she, she surpassed that. She surpassed right. what my expectations were of her. And that's why I, I call her my protege. All right. I'm, I, I I got her back. I mean, it's it's really humbling, you know. And Tyson's great. What she's been able to do with her, with her career and in the industry has been amazing. And mm-hmm. for her to, you know, give me her stamp of approval meant everything. I, when she offered me the deal, I was like, oh, <laughs> great! I'm gonna do this, and I was so excited <laughs> and. I just had to, I had to, you know, it was it was go time. I just had to. There was no, like I said, there was no walking away from that. You don't say, oh well, okay, and and drag your feet. You know, you you whatever you need to take with you, you pick it up. If you need to drag your house across the country, you find a way to drag your house <laughs> across the country because you do not walk away from opportunities like that. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you walk into, you know, you go into the Shark Tank and you're ready to pitch, you know, your uh, plan, 
your business. Uh, I've, you know, idea to the key players, the investors, and then they say, okay, here's the hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars you need. Now tell me, tell me how, how, what? Tell me what are you going to do? How are you going to get this off the ground? And so if you if you stumble, if you just sit there and not give them one solitary <laughs> answer, what what you're going to do to get that off the ground? Guess that's guess what? You don't get that hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. The right. behind you, who is ready and who who came with a plan, they're gonna get it. So, right. I think she definitely um, she re- she recognized the opportunity. I'm a risk taker. She sees that in me. She works with me closely. She's also one of my interns, so she knows I'm a risk taker. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad that this this was a good gamble. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> she was able to deliver, and so I I could see it because um, I I watched the whole camaraderie, the comfort level, the 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 confidence in the product and the writer. You know, when I saw you guys um, this year as a program, so it's visible that you know this was a really good connection. So. Then I know that the working together is just going to grow both of you in the various aspects by leaps and bounds. You can see it. So. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. All I right. learned so much. Tons and we tons. Have, and tons. Um, we have Ron on the line. So I'm having him holding for a minute, so I feel kind of bad. Well, no, I don't, but. <laughs> so I'm sure he wants to say hello to the ladies. Ron. Good evening. How's everybody doing? Great. Great. Hi, Ron. How are you? I'm I'm doing fast, but I woke up this morning, so I'm good. Good. That's awesome. I, I've been listening. Oh, my bad. What's going on, Shakir? I'm good, Playboy. I'm good. <laughs> Yes sir, yes sir, yes sir. I've been listening to this to this interview and I'm I'm just like, Wow, I want some more. Keep going, keep going. I wanna hear about this beef. <laughs> so Ron, um go ahead and share your little two cents because I know you have at least I can let you borrow the opinion. Go ahead. <laughs> I could just feel the love. I could just feel the love. It's, it's, it's <laughs> overwhelmed. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, it can work. Is it the optimal situation? Probably not. But, I mean, I can't point to one situation that isn't, you know, the optimal. But that being said, um, there's definitely advantages for the person who does the buying or the... <laughs> Or, or, or on that side, it's definitely advantages. Mm. Oh, gosh. I don't even know if I want you to elaborate or not. No, 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 not necessary. Not necessary. Because yeah. right now you sound like you might have a little sense. He might have a point, but I know if you elaborate, that's going down the train. 
Yes, most likely. Most likely. You're right. You know me. <laughs> so, Brian, if would you could you believe in like arranged marriages? Come now. Then I just right? the last words I said was you know me. Of course. Right. So if we arranged a marriage in your favor and you came in as a purchase, um, because this other person had all this wealth, do you have um do you have any say in what kind of happens? Do you feel like you get any say? Do you feel like you become property? I mean, there's always a way to take a, a weakness and make it a strength. I mean, so, I mean, and as as any woman knows, you know, you learn a man's vulnerability and then you start poking at him. So, I mean, yeah. All I know is this. <laughs> That's not the worst situation to be in. You know what I mean? There, there, there's worse situations to be in than, you know, than somebody to have more than you. And it says, come on, you can come along for this ride for a little while until I'm sick. I mean, it don't sound right. I, I ain't like the way it sounds. It's, it's worse. <laughs> yes. Well, that was a safer answer than what. Okay, I'll take that. We lost the kid, and I know that's killing him because two of his favorite people are on the show. So I know he did not want to fall off. I know that. Give him some. Oh, his literary sweetheart is existing without him tonight. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Entice, but oh. his, his, his phone died. Oh, that's okay. Oh. <laughs> um, Don't worry, okay, ladies. So. I'll try my damnness to, 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 to channel my energy kit. <laughs> oh my God! We'll receive it. We'll receive it. <laughs> he said, "That's it." I'm gonna quote Shakira in his chat room uh, comment. He said, "And that's that bullshit right now." <laughs> <laughs> and I can hear him saying that too. <laughs> and Shakira, for the record, you heard Ron. He said he can't entertain your women for you. That's what he said. <laughs> I mean, I ain't say that, but I'm not going to unsay that. <laughs> it's okay, Shakira. Relax, relate, release. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> And it's so telling what he's saying right now. When it comes up, I'm going to tell <laughs> y'all. It's going to be a mess. <laughs> oh, he said he's good with that. They know what's up. So that's a nice way to tell your homeboy you don't have a chance. <laughs> it is. That's the politically correct way to say that. That was cool, yeah. right? Because blew you off a nice, a nice way. 
in a nice way. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I have a treat for you two ladies. Um, We have a caller, and I'm just going to go ahead. I'm not going to even... I'm not going to say, I'm going to sit over here and chill in the cut. Um, area code 323, you're on the air. Hey, what's good? Hello. Hi. Hello, can you? I just want to graduate the author. It sounds like amazing to have a book like you read a month. Thank you. Congratulations. But I wanted to ask you one question in the book. You said that the the woman was a stripper. So did you go mm-hmm. to any strip joints and do research and like put in the book what strippers have that normal women don't have that make them so <laughs> make them so erotic to all us brothers? Did you put that in the book. <laughs> I, I, I didn't so personally. <laughs> I didn't personally go into strip clubs, but I said I do have friends that are and or have dabbled in that lifestyle. So I did use them for a bit of abuse for Lisa, and so she's she's authentic. I'll just say that. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and I hope to. Read um, the book. Where can I get the book at again? You can get it on Amazon, or you can email assistant dot a million thoughts at yahoo dot com and request it. Okay. Or you can go to your local bookstore and request it there as well. Oh, that's great. Hey, look like your daughter should. Supporting she she is, she is determined to be a part of, of tonight's show. So y'all just have to forgive her. She 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 wants her time in the spotlight, and she yeah. She, there you go. She wants to make sure everyone knows that she is in existence. And she's definitely supportive. That's good. <laughs> Well, well, we thank you so much uh, for calling in. Yes, thank you for your question. Uh, you're welcome. Don't forget reading. to leave a review and tell the author how much you love her book when you read it. Or oh. what you don't like. I just get, I'll be happy. Get the book. Let me know what you think. I want to hear from you. I don't know. You might be asking a whole lot there. Yeah, we're we going to give you a good one. You want to be... Sometimes I can be brutal, so we're going to give you a good review. So we want you to tell a whole lot of books. A whole lot of books. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And we will, I'm sure, hear you sometime again calling in on another Wednesday, showing some love. Imaj is uh, very sad to have missed you. I wish she had stayed on the line, but she missed you tonight.
Okay. Well, I want to go ahead and let you go because I didn't hear anything, so you might already hung up. All right, so um, that was the infamous Jerome. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that Ron didn't say very much. Oh, no, 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 no. I just stayed back in the cut. I told you I was channeling my inner Shakira, right? I learned from the big man. <laughs> all right, well, you, yeah, you tilled in the cut, all right. Mm-hmm. All right, so at this point, I want to um, let you go ahead and get out there because we kind of, towards the end of the show, we start running out of time. So I need you to get the chance to tell everybody, like, um, um, Jerome needed to know how to get your work, how to get to your work. They have, they want a paper cap, they want to, you know, what do they just do to find you? Well, I am on social media. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, Leanne B. Writes. And I'm also on Pinterest. It's for my writers. And to purchase, purchase deception. It is available wherever books are sold. You can get it on Amazon. You can you can go to your local bookstore and request it. They can order a copy for you if it's not there. Is it available on Kindle as well? It is. It is available on Kindle. It's also available on Nook and Barnes and Noble. So wherever you want it, you can get it. <laughs> Now, that's how you do that. Okay, so, um, and... Oh, let me add that they can also get it from her publisher. They can also go um, directly to the the email that she gave you guys earlier and request an autographed copy. Okay. Yes, and that email was assistant. It's A-S-S... What I did do... Uh, Go ahead. All of your, um, all of your social media links on the advertisement. So wherever they see that wind down picture, all of your social media links are there. Well, I will uh, give me your email. I will run your email as well so that they can order um, autographed copies through there. Yes. You want to do the um, email one more time? Yes, ma'am. If you didn't hear the email, it's assistant.amillionthoughts at yahoo.com. That's A-S-S-T dot a million thoughts at yahoo.com. And you can just shoot us an email there and request an auto-copy. I'd be happy to sign it and get it out to you. That's it. And I just want you to know, for you to get a compliment out of Jerome, that's a good thing. Yeah, you did something good. You did something good when Jerome, you know, said he wrote not just, you know, get your book, but he wanted to know where to get your book, and he wanted to know how to get your book. You can go get it and read it and leave you at it. Yeah, yeah, you did good. 
Well, good. Then, I mean, I, I thank you guys for having me on. I'm ex- I'm excited. Apparently, my child is excited also. And I hope <laughs> I hope that everyone listening does go and get virtual reception and leave me your review. I hope you enjoy it. I'm fairly confident you will. I put my very best foot forward and to give you a great product. So get it and let me know. All right, ma'am. Well, I want to go ahead and um, let you have some family time and wind on down. And we're going to take these last few minutes and we're going to do um, some wind down family stuff here. We thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you again for having me. I appreciate it. I had a good time. And don't forget, you can inbox me the um, the um, additional email or anything that's not on that uh, ad, and I'll put it on my page so that when we run like okay. this, um, um, we do like the wrap up, wind down, wrap up, whatever you want to call it, uh, we can go ahead and put it there too. Okay, okay. And thank you, and Tyus, for calling in. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Somebody out there like, ooh, her voice got deep. <laughs> that is so wild. <laughs> now, I know you're not surprised. Well, we're going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead and let uh, Leanne get off of the line. All right. You guys have a good night. And don't hesitate. Don't hesitate to come back to our show. I won't. Thank Um, you. Thank you. And in type... Yes, ma'am. I know you have something that you can share on the show that you got going on. Oh. <laughs> coming up, coming up. Coming up, uh, let me see. Well, my latest release, Gutter Mommies, actually dropped uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, that's my latest release. The third installment in my Twisted series, Twisted Entrapment, will be available next summer. I'm super excited about that. Since it is National Literacy Month um, and we're promoting literacy, I've asked everyone to take this month, um, and I've challenged everyone to pick up a book and read it. So I've been listing some great uh, reads on my um, Facebook page and just kind of, you know, promoting literacy every chance I get. Um, so, but for those who have not and had an opportunity to check out any of my works, I would say start with my Twisted series, Twisted Seduction being the very first installment. And since we were talking about arranged marriages and all this deception, I think that that would be the perfect book to start out with, um, just to get you warmed up. Uh, Twisted Seduction is about a wife who orchestrates her husband's affair. 
very twisted, full of drama. It is. And I'm waiting for next summer, so I'm on my hands waiting. Yes, baby. Twist Entrapment is coming for you. <laughs> and I'm telling you, they acting a fool. They they doing some really twisted things in the third one. They can't get no worse than the first two. I, okay, oh, don't tell me more. Baby, yeah. I wanna, yeah don't oh, tell, tell it no more. Don't tell it no I more. I can't. I know. I mean, over there. I mean, I, I can't. I have to, yes, but wait patiently. It's coming. It's definitely coming to a bookstore, an e-reader near you. Yeah, and I'm just gonna okay. tell you, anybody that's talking and bragging like that, you already know it's a mess. You already know what's going down. <laughs> it's just so much fire. Book. You know, I put a lot of fire into this book. This See, book, I know the end. Already know. I'm no like, the end. I, I can't know. turn a book around in three months. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I've been slaving away for I think a year <laughs> mm-hmm. on that installment. <laughs> Yeah, to get it okay. And then um, I know that we're going to have Antichrist back on. Cause, and you didn't even talk about um, things that we've seen floating around on your page about plays. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I am uh, part of a production company here in Dallas, and um, we are, well, Zane's new play, which is based off of her, her latest release, The Other Side of the Pillow. I keep stopping because I'm hearing myself echo. <laughs> but um, yes, it's based off of her play, The Other Side of Her Book, I'm sorry, The Other Side of the Pillow. The play will be here. It debuts here in Dallas October the 21st through October the 26th. Um, and there are some, whew, there's a grant, there's some phenomenal, there's a phenomenal lineup. I have a flyer. There's both flyers floating around on my page. And that's um, my Facebook page and my Twitter uh, page. I've been posting the flyer and also the trailer for the play frequently. So check it out when you get an opportunity. But it's it's going to be great. Cool. Well, that's exciting, too, because I was excited when I saw the little ad. I was like, yeah, because I already knew kind of behind the scenes that you were doing something. But I was like, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, cool, it's cool, it's cool. gonna be a great experience. I'm actually also doing a couple a couple's date night um that Saturday. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do the mad, the the three o'clock matinee show and then after that we're gonna hang out and discuss the play over dinner. So for those of you that are interested in coming out, you can contact me. There's an email uh for me on the flyer that's on my pa- on, on that's on my page or you can reach me just inbox me on Facebook and I can send you guys the um the information about it. That's cool. And there's some discount that will be too available. Really exciting to spend some time with other grown ups discussing something that that that's a money right there. Mhm. Yeah. It's healthy, you know. Get around mm-hmm. other couples and hear how everyone, you know, you know what makes folks tick their relationship and, and how what their perspectives are, especially as it pertains to this piece, because this is going to be um, a conversational piece, this play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have a very bitter mm-hmm. woman who's pretty much fed up with men, you know, and um, she's almost taking it out on, on every guy that she meets. So when she does finally meet a guy 
who's ready to, you know, just kind of he kicks his game to her. She turns him down. She shoots him down. And um, slowly that turns into something more. So you kind of get to watch her evolve into this new being. Hmm. I think we've all been in a place where we're just fed up. That's that's what you. That's exactly how you go into the book with main character chemistry. She, you go into her this as this combative character who's just basically fed up with all the the BS, all the drama that guys have have brought to her in past relationships, and she's taking it out on every guy that she meets. All right. Well, that that already has every woman kind of tagged in it. You know, even if you haven't got to the point where you hate men, you have definitely been affected by what being with a man has done to you or caused you to feel about men. So you already tapped into 80-plus percentage of the women who have had experiences. Absolutely. Bad breakups, you know, having your heart broke by a guy, you know, just those emotional scars that mm-hmm. you carry with you to the next relationship. Yeah, especially if any of them have ever dated guys like Ron, so he's trying <laughs> to fill the auditorium by himself. See, I was you just here saying to myself, I, I don't know where they meet guys like this because I know every relationship I've ever left has been harmonious. You said every relationship has what? That's because they were relieved that you were leaving now. You see, this is what I'm talking about. That's not nice. That's the truth. It might be a little true, too. too. Now that I think about it in retrospect, they were glad to leave, maybe? Yeah. Like, woo. Not for that. Right. So maybe I need to read this book. And, mm, this is a play. Would you follow along? This is a play we're talking oh, about. Yeah, my bad. See, like, no, I was saying to myself, maybe I need to move to Dallas. How about that? Oh, you want to move to Dallas? Everybody's just moving to Dallas. You know what? It, hey, um, Imai, I don't think you should. Don't follow suit on this one. <laughs> This All right, it's fine. Yeah. It sounds like All right, the place to be. Anytime Antype is on, she makes Dallas sound like the place to be. Oh, <laughs> the mayor of Dallas. Oh, really, Iman? That's where we're going this evening. Oh, I've been drinking on the slide over here. I mean... I was just minding my own business in my corner drinking. Don't judge me. Okay. Don't judge. I need to mute your mic. Where is UPA when you need him? <laughs> so, I'm I'm being a I thank you so much for taking the time to come and um, be a part of the show this evening. Cause Anytime you hear, I like I knew that was you, but I was like, I'm not going to bring her on to she's ready. <laughs> well, absolutely. I love listening to you guys every chance I get. And, uh, and of course, you know, from day one since she started the wind down, I've always been a supporter. Even though if I'm not able to listen, I'm, you know, spiritually I'm right there with you guys. 
I know that. I know that. Because you're my friend. I have friends, yeah. Ron. I have friends. I have real friends. <laughs> she does. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> she's her real friends, right? I'm just talking about Ron don't have friends. I'm just talking about Ron don't have friends. Oh, okay. All right. Sure. Okay, well, I'm going to let you go, honey, so you can go make some more wonderful literary stuff. I'm actually working on an article right now. <laughs> See? I know. For Control Magazine. Um, and I decided, you know, I think I'm going to do this one on erectile dysfunction. Okay. So, you guys following me on Control? Oh. Yes, Or you can go for a walk in the park. Okay, so could you please, like, if you send me something with that information on it, I'll put that out there for people who listen and look for stuff on my page. Got a couple okay. of people that go look for all the stuff that we talked about on the page, so I'll put controls information on it too. Yeah, I just do random. I just started, so I do random twisted topics. The last article was on generate was generation sex, and uh, this one here is going to be about you know ED. So. I thought I'd explore the topic a little bit and, you know, educate um, women on. ED, that's erectile dysfunction? Yes. And I'm calling it Uncle Ed. You know how we have Aunt Flo? I'm calling it Uncle Ed. I call it Uncle Ron. <laughs> Ron, there goes that bus. There goes that bus. You see it? Oh, that could be cool. Like, you could name it that. You haven't published on so Uncle, Uncle Ronnie is that? Let's call it Uncle Ron. Ron. If you are inflicted with the Uncle Ron. That's not nice, darling. Sally, that is not nice, darling. Oh, Uncle Ron and then, like, Dash, Penis, and Somnia. Whoa, 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 whoa. Unacceptable. 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 Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm okay. guilty by association. That's right. I'm talking to see my friend for real. I can suck her right here. Right. Like, hey, let's talk about him. Let's, let's talk about him. Oh. <laughs> You guys are I so love it, too. She's wonderful. <laughs> Trust me, I don't have any issues with Ed, Ted, Dead, none of that. Red. <laughs> Ed, Ted, Ked, Dead. <laughs> That's what I, I said. Right. <laughs> you know LW does not, may or may not suffer from all that stuff. He's just a little weenie. He doesn't happen. Oh, uh, she said it stands for little weenie. She said little weenie. I didn't say it. <laughs> I didn't say it. She said little weenie today. I said it last week, but she said it today. She called you little weenie on the air. <laughs> I meant to say little weenie. I really did. <laughs> you guys are being bad. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Okay, it's tight. Well, we're going to let you go and finish talking about Uncle Ron for Control Magazine and send us the stuff so we can kind of share it out um, and see what happens. We might help you. I mean, like, you don't really need our help, but whatever. Okay, yeah. Uncle Ron, I mean, Uncle Eddie, um, Control Magazine. <laughs> Thank you guys. It was fun. All right, sweetheart. We'll talk with you later. Okay, bye bye. Bye bye. Good night.
I don't know how I feel that Ron didn't really get to talk this time. Like, so this is a, one of the few shows that he's, like, quiet. I checked my I see in the cut, and then I got abused at the end. Yeah. So it wasn't really anything different, huh? No, not really. Just you, were, you, you were just quiet, that's it. Because I was listening to the beast. The beast? You were listening? <laughs> I'm laughing at how you and Shakir kind of flip roles. Because in the, in the chat room, he's all calling Jerome Rome. He called Jerome Romy Rome. And you know that's how, that's what you call it. <laughs> we did the whole... Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, thing. Yeah. <laughs> Banana in the tailpipe. No. no Trading places. Show oh, with you. Oh, I did. Sorry. Wrong movie. Come on. Get that trivia right. We should have a movie trivia something. That would be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. And the movie, like the, the winner... Gets a picture with Lou Sweeney. Yes. Girl. Get the, uh, uh, the winner gets a what? A picture with the Lou Sweeney. In his, like, cape and... And, and steel type thing, looking like a, a makeshift type, like a Superman, but, you know, got a cape, okay. little draws, or Lou Sweeney. Um, <laughs> like he doesn't yeah. get to have a shirt. Like they have to put it right on his chest, like a tattoo. Yeah, it's stuck. It's permanent. Okay. Or you can just cover him in latex paint and then send him to the pride parade and let them have a good time. Oh, I love the end. Like, it, yeah, it's the Pride Parade in Lou Sweeney. Do you know how many new followers you would get? On your Instagram and your Twitter and your Facebook. And your Lou Sweeney. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> I'm not going to continue to take this. This is unacceptable. Why shouldn't you take it? Why shouldn't you? Take it, receive it. Take I don't it. know. If he's in the pride parade all by himself and his superpowers don't work, they might take it. Loose Winnie to save the day. <laughs> I swear for God, I hate y'all. Attention and I was spoken, spoken to. 
Um, yes. Um, I, I didn't have to deal with um, Jerome, like, directly, so I was okay. I was fine. Oh, I took care of that. I was like, I'm not going to let her be able to say, what the hell? I was like, no, uh-uh, no. You have to say that right now. Because for real, the little woman does not say anything anymore. It's like this little beat. So that's, remember the couple of weeks ago, I was like, you didn't bring me on the line. I didn't hear the beat. Because I was waiting for the little oh, lady to say. what happened. Um, to say, you know, you are, after she said on the host, she like, you're on the air or whatever. And so yeah. it's not there. It's like this little beat. And so when I heard the beat the second time, I was like, oh, she put me back on mute. I said, there's got to be a good reason. It's got to mm-hmm. be so smart. And then when I heard the voice, I'm like, oh, she's so smart. She's smart. Yes, she is. She is smart. She is kind. You are so silly. You're just smart, 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 S-A-T, M-I-T. You know, I think that the little, I think that the little British woman maybe wanted a cost of living raise. They took all that off. It was like, nope. Nope. So she doesn't talk anymore. Yeah, she doesn't tell you you are now uh, in queue. She doesn't nothing. tell you you're on the line, but she tells you you're still in the you're in the host queue. She'll tell you that. But after that, she's like, shoot, I'm going on break. They don't need me. She's <laughs> probably somewhere playing with. Never mind. Never mind. Playing with little weenies. <laughs> little weenies. I'm not even going to dignify any of those comments with the response. Um, why your attention is directed at? Are you? Hey, Ron, what are you doing? Are you touching? Yeah. No, no. It's only certain things that can take his attention away. When he takes those walks in the park by himself, we lose him. I had people spying on me. How about that? What? People want to see me when I walk in the park. Did they try to take the loose me? What are you talking about? I know it's long and wide. Fine. I'm going to throw little and what? Little and what? Little and withering. That's a good one. No, it's not what I said. It literally wraps around my waist. I was thinking. (laughs) I was thinking not that. Very, very little whiff. Little whiff. That's okay. You know what? I'm going to find someone to make this superhero shirt. It's going to fit really tight. And I'm going to make sure that the LW is like backwards or something because he's so damn backwards. It's just going to be like wrong. It's like, what's wrong with the letters, man? What's wrong with the letters? 
upside down. Right. But nonetheless, it'll still be long and wide. It'll be a little weeny. No matter how you look at it, Ron, no matter what angle you look at it, you are still a little loose weeny. So, therefore, deal with it. Accept the fact that life has dealt you these cards. And now you have to play view. This is poker. You could throw three of them back in. What's wrong with you? Mm -mm. Look here, little loose weeny. Yes, play your cards. Because somebody out there likes loose little weenies. Somebody does. It may not be me. It may not be Shamar. But someone over there. They wouldn't like me then. They definitely wouldn't like me then. (sighs) Okay, honey. Okay, little little, sweetie. Okay. Okay, no. Call me all the names you want. I'm secure. Call me all the names you want. No problem. That's me. Loose (laughs) weenies. <laughs> I'm trying not to cough and laugh at the same time. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, <laughs> I'm so glad that I'm the good one on the show. What, Sally? Did y'all, did y'all like my 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 song? I thought that was not what shot. That's what what Ron had. And I was like, because I had listened to it, I just read it on my page because I, you know, I, w- I wasn't able to play the song at the time that I saw him post it. So I saw the name of the song and I thought, if that, you know, that song came to mind, I was like, if that's that song, I'm going to kill him. So when I got somewhere where I could just actually play the song and listen to it, I was like, oh, that's not the bad one. There is another one. That's the one that I put on the stage. I was like, I thought this is what you were saying. Mm. Now I don't have to mm. think so little of me. You are disgusting. I just thought I was going to have to kill him, but I'm glad I don't. Mm. 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 Yeah. Exactly. Okay, well, okay. You know what? I'm going to, because I'm feeling the, the vibe change. I'm feeling the, the the turn in the air, the aura colors are changing. I'm feeling I'm feeling Imaj switch to the team of Ron. And so on that note, I'm gonna go ahead and end the show because I can feel it. She's about to say something very derogatory to me. And then Ron was gonna laugh and then they were gonna have this joint laughter. But that shit's not happening this evening. <laughs> listen, listen, Sally. Oh, no, no, listen. no, no. My name's not Linda. No, no, no. I don't got to listen. Listen, Sally, listen. Listen. You'll be okay, Sally. I feel, I feel a hang-up coming. Go ahead. No, Sally, I'm not going to say anything. You'll be all right. I'll say it for another day. Oh, See, it was a joke. You were about to get me. That's all right. So we're going to bed now because this shit's going the wrong way. Russian dictator or something. You rule with an iron fist. Yeah, you, you, you're no fun. You threaten people with excommunication just because they want to you know take what? their mind. I'm not, I'm not playing. I'm not playing with you. Ron. She can speak her mind. She wants to speak her mind. You ain't the ruler of her. She can't. 
She can, but there is one one allegiance that you don't share. As little weenie as you might be, you are not a vagina. And so there's a bond. I mean, go ahead, call me. What you want to call me? Lucy, weenie, Lucy, weenie. I don't care what you call it. It don't make a difference. You can even put a, 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 you know what? a sound effect to it. You can put a sound effect to it. I don't care. You can put an app to it. It doesn't make a difference. I'm good. All I know is that you can't be telling her what she can and can't say. That's not nice. This not is like reverse psychology, and Iman is way too smart for that bullshit. So, so I'm not worried. worried. Okay, I got, two, I got three words, okay? And then you can... Um, you can say, no, 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 because I'm just going to quote something I said in the chat room, and then you're going to laugh. All I want to do is see some big booty hoes going to strip club. Y'all have a good night. And on that note, we just shared... Feminist laughter and the uh, weenie being quite limp and little this at this moment. I'm going to end the show because we are victorious. Yes. And Ron doesn't have any big booty hoes anyway. Good night. Ron, I think so. Good night. Good night, you two. <laughs> We'll see you next week.